0: good evening welcome 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 to another ugh. god gotta tell me man I, I got the wrong banner up there man let me get me fix that oh. real quick yeah i got so much stuff i'm so busy because gotta have the sponsor get the sponsor right get, gotta get that right welcome to the houston Rambar review presents folks talking sports Sponsored by the Saxenian family. Right now, joining me, of course, I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Joining me is James Mueller from the Daily Cougar, sports editor of the Cougar, and Willie Gibson from WHTG Sports. Real quick, fellas, how are you? Doing well. Doing hey, well. Mr. Gibson, did you get my, uh, my message about the credential portal?
1: I did. I did. I did. Appreciate that.
0: Yes, sir. Okay, uh, Let's get right into it. We're going to talk some basketball, as we always do here. And also, um Andy Yanez should join us in about 25 minutes or so. So we'll be talk- talking with him as well about U of H basketball facing Tulsa. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on uh Jim Phillips, right? Will, commissioner yep. Yep. of the American – excuse me, the ACC Atlantic Coast Conference said today that – um the ACC and the presidents, the athletic directors are unanimous in that they do not want to expand. They don't think the college football playoff right now should go beyond 14. To keep it as is. Um, citing health and safety of the football players, the student assets on that side. Well, I talked to some Clemson players and football players and they don't want to. It's too many games. So they don't want to expand right now. So let's focus on bigger issues. That the NCAA has to deal with, like the reform movement the measures, the NIL, all those thoughts. James, Will, what do you think? Are you surprised, disappointed, shocked? Do you care that it's going to stay a 14 playoff for three, four more years?
1: Um, I'm not shocked. Um, Jim Phillips is the commissioner of the ACC now, formerly was the athletic director of Northwestern in the Big Ten. So he, I'm not shocked by his position. I know he says it's unanimous, but and it is. I, I don't. I don't doubt that. But the ACC, their only viable option for the time being is Clemson, and Clemson is on their way. They're um, in the downslide. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, they didn't make it this year. Probably won't make it next year. So why would he vote to expand it to expose the ACC's inadequacies as they stand now? So. I'm not surprised at all.
2: James? Yeah, I sort of was just going to piggyback on what Will said. Um, It doesn't surprise me at all, just given they've had so many conversations all year, you know, oh, we're getting close, whatever, nothing's ever happened. And so, I mean, this, this news didn't surprise me. And I think that's a good point. I mean, right now, in just the eight, nine years we've had the four team playoff, I mean, we've seen a massive gap between, you know, top two teams and the rest of the field, you know, most of the semifinals are blowouts. So wide is like Will said, you know, if a Wake Forest or someone from this year sneaks in there and then loses by 30 and whatever, um, it's not a good look for that conference. Um, I still, I would personally would love to see the playoffs expanded at some point, but um, there, I, I think it's a long way. It, it, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and I don't think um, they're anywhere close at that point. Let me play advocate.
0: Because um, it's going to happen a- after th- this current agreement expires. I, I think that I think the crutch that everybody is leaning on is currently because of the contracts that exist right now. It has to be unanimous. All eleven. What is it? Well, presidents, conferences, Whatever.
1: 11, um, presidents and chancellors of universities.
0: Thank you. Have to, it has to be unanimous. Once this current deal ends, unanimity, unanimity, it has to be unanimous <laughs> like that. So, um, that's what they're waiting on. ESPN and I think it's money also involved. You know, they can say, you guys gave good reasons and rationale for no expansion right now. But many of the presidents, chancellors, athletic directors, they want, would like it to get to the open market. They don't want it just to be on ESPN. They want Fox, CBS, ESPN, Amazon, whoever else to get in there to boost up the money, to make the pie bigger so they can get a bigger pie to slice up. That's that's what they want. They are not saying that because they are supposed to be institutions of higher learning. And so right now they're saying all these things about player safety, reform, needing to reform the NCAA, doing a better job of codifying the NIL and all those things. But this is money driven. They don't want ESPN to have everything in the 12 team playoffs. Because once this new deal expires and it doesn't have to be unanimous, and let's just say Big Ten, SEC, because you know the SEC that's doesn't care. They're like four team, 12, team, twelve, we'll get two, three, four teams in if it's a twelve team playoff, we'll get four teams in, if not more. Whatever. You know, they're not concerned. Commissioner Sankey's like, whatever. Do I want to keep it up for? We'll get two teams in next year, fine. <laughs> okay. But what if SEC says in two years, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, and then the other group of five, cause Will, I think the group of five conferences also are included in these discussions, right?
1: Uh, they're I mean, in the room.
0: Yeah, you, you gotta get 11 involved, represented. Yeah. So if, if you get six, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Mountain West, the American, and conference you say, whatever, get six. You don't need the other five to come along. We just say, okay, we we're going to the twelve team playoff. We got we got enough votes. Because we don't need all eleven of y'all anymore. Oh, um, okay. And they do that in two or three years for the two thousand twenty six start of new contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. So they say, okay, this is what's going to happen in 2026. I wonder then if the ACC, Mr. Phillips will have a change of heart and say, wow, I, I guess we, we don't have a, I don't have much leg to stand on anymore. Also, oh, okay, so maybe we should, you know, change our tune. And if, okay, I'm good with 12 then. Do you think that is a possibility? And they work backwards. They agree on a 12 team going forward and announced it for 2026, but then they'll say, well, since it doesn't have to be unanimous, let's go work backwards to see if we can get more money starting in 2024. How about that?
2: I mean, I think it's plausible. I mean, as long as they're getting the money they want, if they can get it sooner than later, why not get the money then? But um, like you said, it's a, it's about the money. They're going to find the right deal, um, try to maximize that. But if the right offer comes, um, up, and you know it doesn't have to be unanimous anymore, then they're gonna grab at it, and I don't blame them well what what do you say
1: you think that's plausible? It is, I was just looking at the the eleven members of the presidents and chancellors that interesting group, but yeah, I think definitely it's plausible, absolutely,
0: because do y'all agree, or do you even think that college football? is hurt or will be hurt by continued SEC dominance in a 14 format of Alabama and Georgia, Georgia LSU, or, you know, if it's another SEC championship matchup next year and the year after, do you think that'll be hurt in the future and hurt by ratings or whatever? Interest.
1: I, I don't think they'll be hurt. Necessarily by SEC dominance, I think what James brought up earlier is the lack of competition in the semis. I mean, you had semis games uh, where teams were winning by 30 points. This year is a little closer. It's only 23, 24. Closer. But I think those games, regardless of who the conference or who the teams are, those boring blowouts in semifinals... It's what's going to cause the the interest to wane, but SEC and, and for me, and I just had this conversation yesterday with someone. It's interesting to me when we talk about SEC dominance. We always talk about Georgia, LSU, uh, Alabama, Florida, sometimes. But the SEC is correct me if I'm wrong. Is Vanderbilt in the SEC? Oh yes. Yeah. Is is Missouri in the SEC? Oh yes. Is uh, Kentucky in the SEC? Yes.
0: Or oh, Mississippi very, State. Very top
1: heavy, very top heavy. Okay, that that's all of And and that was the conversation. Like, listen, we always talk about Alabama, Georgia, and LSU, Florida, great. That's fine. But it's it's I I, I liken it to people talk about Jordan six rings, but they forget that he played nine other seasons. It's like we can't just talk about the good and not bring in the the not so good.
0: Okay, well, and regarding the semifinals, this is for both of you. <coughs> Why doesn't the committee, because it, it's strange how it works out for the possibility of having an all-SEC final. Why not have the two SEC teams face each other in the semifinal? They don't want to do that, do
2: they? I mean, no, yeah, they don't want to see the same, no one wanted to see Georgia-Alabama two weeks in a row, but also... By avoiding that, you're also tr- trying to ensure that the championship game is as competitive as possible. Because if you have two SEC teams, we've seen the SEC dominate it. So if they play in the semifinal, yeah, you're going to get a great semifinal game, probably, but then the championship's going to be boring.
0: Well, James, you you're, you you guys are killing the the Cinderella story possibilities of college football. which I equate it to because it's it's interesting to me how some of these same fans and even media love the Cinderella stories, the upset possibilities in college basketball, March Madness. Love it. Love for it, expect it, want to see it. It's basically the first two, three days of the tournament. Because typically, the Sweet 16 is Majority of teams in the Sweet 16 are are the power schools. Majority, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to college football Division One, well, I don't really want to see a Cinderella story. I don't want to see Boise State get far. I don't I don't want to see Cincinnati get there. I don't want to see y'all. Okay, then how is it going to change? Because James is right. But if the committee has two SEC teams square off in a semifinal. Well, damn it, if that happens, they don't have one in a championship game and it's a blowout, then at some point the other teams in the country got to get better, right? Yep. I mean, we, we, because yep. we we can't just keep relying or depending on the SEC at some point. Well, and Will's right, back to Will at this point. The top tier of the SEC coming back down to earth for everybody else. It's up to other teams across the country, Ohio State, Will,
1: Michigan, all the other that teams, point. Oregon, everybody USC, to get better. Mm-hmm. To that point, and that's the that's the argument for why did more than four. Ohio State was sixth. So you're telling me that Ohio State team couldn't have caused no, many noise in a 12-team or 18-playoff? But no, they wanted four. Again, I've, I've always said this. How are you telling me? and we always talk about Power 5 Conference, Power 5 Conference, but yet we have four slots in the college football playoff. They want chaos and controversy. They thrive on it. So 8, 12, they they want this controversy. If not, you never would have had four spots for a Power 5 Conference.
0: James, what do you say about
1: that? It was designed for chaos.
2: Yeah, I mean, you don't get all these debate shows, of course. Like, that's the big thing. The College Football Playoff Selection Show every Tuesday. No one's going to tune in because top 12 make it. Okay, but four, you know, there's arguments all the way around. So, I mean, it increases viewership. It's designed for chaos, like Will said.
0: Which is a problem as well because the... The show, the weekly show that starts around what is it? Late October.
2: Yeah, late October, <laughs> early November.
0: Is it necessary? If you don't need to see it every week, you you don't. A TV show, they could put it on Twitter. You know, like it's done for bracketology and college basketball. You want to put it out there, do an update every, you know, once a week, twice a week. Okay. You don't need to have this stuff go an hour, hour and a half to announce the top four, 25 teams, really. Yep. And then, but people only care about the top four. Who yep. cares? And the ratings, I think, started to decline this year because of that, because no one's going to watch this stuff every week. You don't care who who who's in the top four in week one, because I think more times than not, who, who's in the top four in week one, at least two or three of those teams, at least two of those teams aren't in the top four in the final week.
1: Yep. Only one that counts is the last one. So oh, this other it's a made-for-TV event. It it's is. That's what you said. It's a made-for-TV event.
0: So at, at at what point, and I mean, it's an ESPN made-for-TV event, so ESPN isn't going to squash it, even though they probably should, because they don't do it for any other sport. You know, and I'm a basketball guy. Y'all know that. Fans tuning in know that as well. They don't do this. Um, a look at the 64, field of 68 every week for college basketball. <laughs> you know, they do one or two. They have like a look in in the first Saturday in February of the, as if the tournament were held today kind of thing, the top 16 seeds kind of thing. And then they may do one more. Or maybe you know one January, one February. That's it. Not every week. Let's look at It's what an hour show. Let's Mm -hmm. see who comes in at number 25. For what? Team 25 doesn't have a chance in hell, for for Mm -hmm. the most part, of leaping up to be in the top four. But every week, let's see who's number 25. Let's go 24. And then 23, 22, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Every week Mm -hmm. they do that. That's a waste of time. But it's made for TV. Advertisers, they think people want to see it. So they still do it. So that's on the fan as well. Stop watching this trash. You are going to put out one, the first one, and then put out the last one. And that's it. You need to do this every week because you know what? If you don't do it every week, you do it just twice, first and last, I bet you have more interest in the last one because then you don't know what the committee's thinking every week. Then you got to guess and see. Then you have the... I'm sure my age here will... The uh, shade tree mechanics, kind of, kind of projecting who's going to be the four, rather than Mm -hmm. seeing it each week on TV. Because then you got to, well, maybe it is going to be Alabama. Then who's going to be the second team? Who's going to be the third team? Then the fourth team.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: You don't have to see that every week on TV. But it's college football. You know, Jim Phillips. They can say it's for the health. Well, give me your thoughts on this about the health of the student athletes it's too many games agree disagree think it's a bunch of trash or what
1: then my follow-up question would be how many is enough what's the right amount of what's the right number of games because we don't know how many games it'll be let's say you only two teams are playing the maximum amount of games right so for you to just Arbitrarily say it's too many games for who, for what? How many games is too are too many? It will be my follow up. So no, I, I think that's convenient statement to to that he crafted to fit his agenda, to fit his narrative.
2: And also, okay. I was going to add on to that. Say, you know, you're the it goes to twelve teams, right? And you're the twelfth seed, and you get bounced out in the first round of the playoffs. Well, you're playing the same amount of games you played before that because you go to a bowl game. It, the, right. the first round's essentially your bowl game. So you're not playing any extra games. So that just strengthened Will's point where, you know, most teams aren't going to be adding any games in the, the top two teams, one to two additional games. Um, maybe play 16 max. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure with a championship on the line, players, players will be fine playing, you know, an extra game.
0: Because we could also look at it like this. With how many is it, 35, 38, 40, 45 bowl games, 30 of them, who cares? Okay, the majority of those bowl games right now, fans don't care. You know, if they're not mom and dad of the players in those games, fans don't care. Especially on TV, especially in some of these cities that is far is a distance for their alums to get to, they don't care. Those games mean nothing. You might reduce the number, and I'm not. I don't have a problem with the top tier players opting for the NFL draft rather than playing in a championship game, risk getting hurt. Like uh, Samson to- Williams, exactly. So you know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't. I have there's too many bowl games. You got so many folks just adding to them. And the discussion of it changed. What Well, five, ten years ago, you six and six. Now five and yep. seven. If you have a good APR, Well, yep. no. ten years ago teams were eight and four and <laughs> didn't get bowl bid. Okay.
1: Nope.
0: James, are you old enough to remember those days when you when you saw you didn't see teams six and six or worse get invited to a bowl?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was young, but I followed football, and you'd see, you know, seven, eight wins minimum, typically.
0: So it's all watered down, and they're doing that. So what about? Why are you doing that for the student athletes? Why are you adding an extra game to a, a team that five and seven, and six, right. and six? If you're worried about their health and their safety, it's all hypocrisy. It's it's all a game, and too many fans. Are continuing to play the game and I realize it's a game to take your money yep because there is a way they could do this a 12 team playoff they could do this and still make money you don't need 40 bowls in football to do and guys we all know this every level I think in college football except the FBS has a playoff Mm
1: -hmm. yes
0: it works now, it works for everybody else, but oh no, we can't do it on the FBS level because it will hurt our bowl games. It'll hurt our bowl sponsors. We don't want to do that. We don't want, it's all about the health and safety of our student athletes, our student assets. We're,
3: we're oh boo hoo hoo.
1: Nobody's worrying about FBS. the division two and three yeah. student athletes.
0: Y'all don't care about them. Their health and safety. Mm-hmm. They play three or four extra games. Yep. Oh. So, but, yeah, let's – don't get me started on all that. But yeah, get me started on, on that stuff. But, okay, let's see. Um, guys, I want to play a clip. We could talk about football all day. But, James, did you see – or do you have – I want to ask you right now. Do you have any more insight on – uh what's his name? The transfer, Mr. Man Jack the fourth transfer from USC to um, – to you've a the wide receiver?
2: I yeah. Love name. I, uh, I don't have any additional info, but I do. Um, I mean, over the past week or so, Houston's picked up some, um, big, uh, uh, big time transfers. Uh, Joseph Manjack, who you're talking about, the, uh, he was a three star, I believe. Um, he's 6'3 coming in from USC. He's, uh, joins the receiver class, um, with, A freshman named Matthew Golden, who Dana Holgerson's been really high on, um, out of Klein Kane High School. And then another guy from, um, Ole Miss, Bryce Johnson's transferring in. So there, I mean, I, I, I think you're starting to see things go in the positive direction with some of these guys. Uh, Dana's been able to, you know, bring in, um, with this class. There's still a lot of work to be done, but, um, yeah, I, I don't, I haven't spoken to, uh, you know, anyone with a ton of information on some of these new transfers, but, um, there's definitely some excitement from fans and stuff I've interacted with, um, about the guys. Yeah,
0: it, it's, it's better. And I, you know, read a little bit about Joseph Van Jack the fourth of that name, of that name. Well, he's old school, man. He's an old school receiver. No gloves.
1: Yeah. Catches okay. Ball
0: with his hands. Okay? okay. He's from the area. He, and it's, Kind of strange. He put up great numbers in high school. He was unnoticed by a lot of scouts. Um, high school coach try to tell schools, I need to get my guy. My kid can play for your program. And he does he wasn't one of those, apparently, Will, James. He doesn't run a 4-340. Okay. Yet he doesn't get caught. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's one of those. (laughs) He catches the ball, and he scores. So he's fast enough to to get the job done. Well, is that what you want in wide receiver? Yep. So a lot of programs passed on him, including schools here in Texas. USC signed him because of a relationship. He did well there in you know early August, looked good in practice, but for whatever reason, didn't get a lot of touches throughout the season, and he decided to come back home so I'm kind of curious to see how he does here at U e of H. James, who is and I, you know, who is the young man who transferred wide receiver? Help me out. He always he transferred here from like a smaller program. This year? Yes. Uh Jake Herswell? Yes. He sounds similar. He sounds like a taller, heavier version, more skilled version of Jake. Okay. I want receivers who can catch the ball, who get open. All the time, catch the ball and then they score touchdowns. Great. I don't care if, if you can't run a four-two-five because a lot of too many times, Will James guys who run four-two-five, they just run fly patterns. Mm-hmm. They don't want to run across the middle. They don't want to get hit, and, and a few times they don't catch the ball very well, especially in traffic. Well, hell, I want you. You know, I, I want guys who I know I throw the ball in his area. He gonna catch it. Make my quarterback look great. Sometimes, you know, if the, so that's. I think he's a under the radar pick for Coach Horverson. James, what about the um, the big man from Westfield defensive? Let's say line right now because you're not sure where he, he may move around on the line. But what about him?
2: Yeah, he always seems to be happy. Um. Yeah. It's another big pickup. Um, he was a, he's six four, another three star. Um, he's been, I mean, I've heard a lot of good things from, you know, people who know him and stuff. And there's a lot of, you know, D linemen, um, at U of H currently. They, they've been very happy about the pickup on Twitter and stuff, you know, expressing Sac Avenue, which is what they call the defensive line, you know, just got a new member. He, um, and I, I, I've liked what, um, They've done to the D-line. They're losing uh, Logan Hall, who was their best defensive lineman, good pass rusher. Um, so there's a gap there, um, but th- they're bringing in guys that can make an impact. And um, I'm excited to just see um, sort of how how each of these pieces fits in. Um, but I, I think um, it's another good pickup for the D-line. And um, Doug Belk, the defensive coordinator, um, Yeah, I mean, it will fit well in the system. And, and
0: Will, he's, um, AJ Holmes from Westfield. That's where Ed Oliver played high school ball. AJ does not lack confidence. Okay. Mm-hmm. Apparently he signed, uh, in December, but he did not announce it until this week. Huh. Okay. So he, he, he did it differently. He did not want to have all the proper circumstance on signing day. He did it this week. But in one of the clips I saw, he talked about, um mm-hmm. very confident. He said, Damn not no if you saw this. He said fans, U of H fans, will be buying his jersey b- before he, he's done a U of H. Okay? Mm-hmm. They're gonna know his name, gonna buy his jersey. Uh KRT, thank you very much for tuning in. Let's talk talk to you some rockets this coming Monday, eight o'clock or so. Um, but yes, AJ Holmes is confident. He says if if an lineman tries to use strings. He uses footwork to get around him. If he tries to use leverage, he'll bull rush him. So <laughs> he's a confident young man. And okay, we look, we look forward to it. But here is, and I'm going to give his name, um, 24 sports recruiting analyst. I'm going to read this. Gabe Brooks says this about AJ, which is kind of interesting. Not to say what James has heard, you know, we're going to see what AJ can do. Average height with close to even length. Somewhat frame limited, but stout and wears mass well. Not somebody you want packing on too much weight anyway, but can still add a bit more mass while maintaining functional athleticism. Disruptive frontline playmaker by nature. Love to hear that. Natural fit for the three technique in a four man front. Relatively low, natural signal of gravity, complements at point of attack. Show stack and shared strength and can relocate one on one matchup versus the run or as a rusher. This is what I like Will. I think you, James, people who follow football, he's active with a high motor. That means you'll need coaches to after to, Come on, AJ, please, AJ. I need you to play harder, AJ. Come on. He's self motivated. Whatever his measurables. How big is it?
2: Six three, I think. Six. Something like that yeah, too. Like
0: two ninety or something. Yeah, he's he's a big young man.
2: Okay. He had twenty sacks this year in high school, I believe. Um so yeah. I mean he gets after people.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he puts in work. You know, uh he's still developing a move. He has some flashes, but some encouraging nuances in his counters. His technical consistencies can improve, such as hand violence. Love this report. Snap anticipation and pad level. At his best when firing off and staying low, but occasionally will stand up at the snap when engaging. So got to work on his fundamentals. Power five caliber defensive line prospect who faces very strong competition in Texas, class 6A level in the Houston area. Summation seems like a high floor prospect who could develop into a reliable starter at the P5 level. That's the U of H right now player. Because they're not yet at the level of getting four stars and five stars all the time. So you want I don't care about the stars so much, you want somebody with potential who can get better and work out his get better, be coached up. As an alum right here, uh Derek says his season ticket investment just gets better and better. We'll hold that thought because I'm gonna I'm gonna tie that comment from Derek and a season ticket investment to gotta pay the bills fellas so give me a minute I'm gonna give y'all a chance to get some water or whatever or I go solo screen but we'll talk about Will your favorite topic U of A's football tickets so <laughs> here we go with that all right this segment well, let me let me do better here press the wrong buttons <clears throat> all right here we go this segment is brought to you by Steve Saxinian and the Saxinian family. Once again, I'm going to do this a few times, for a few more times uh, this month and next month. Houston Cougars alums and football fans, lock in your seats for 2022 with a season ticket deposit for only $75. Will only $75. The deposit will be applied toward the final cost of your 2022 season tickets. Fans can email tickets at uh.edu or call 713 go which is 713-462-6647 during regular business hours. Lock in your seats for the 2022 Houston football season and be part of all the excitement as the Cougs stand ready to compete for another conference championship before heading into the Big 12 Conference. Score big with Houston football. Same great seats for every game. Earn priority points. Flexible payment, payment plan options. Exclusive invitations to Houston football events. Priority access to postseason tickets. Priority access to single game tickets and pre-sales for the home games. Special pre-sale ticket offers to special events held at UH athletics facilities. One more time. Lock in your seats for 2022 with a season ticket deposit for only $75 towards football. The deposit to be applied toward the final cost of 2022 season tickets. This segment is brought to you, was brought to you by Steve Saxinian and the Saxinian family. All right. Back to my guys. The so Wilk can go back to only $75 for a deposit deposit football tickets. Yes, well. Hey, man. $5. This is not Big Ten football. This is not the Ohio State University football.
1: No, that's fine. That's good. I, I would just want to say about the young man. You said in high school, he had 20 sacks?
2: Yeah, 94 tackles, 20 of them sacks. Uh, I forget. uh 48 for a loss. 48 of them were for a loss. Okay, I
1: would venture to say if he, they reported twenty sacks, he had thirteen. Just you yeah. know, because it's always that uncle keeping the books. Yeah, hey, yeah, that's a sack. I'll put it down. I don't know. No, oh yeah, no, no,
0: no doubt there. You know, it depends on who the stack keeper is at the games. Although, will I'll, I'm not saying you're you're wrong because you could be very right. But because folks take football down here so religious, <laughs> religiously, they just probably make sure about, well, that's a sack, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But I want to see what AJ Holmes can do once he gets here, works out with Coach Bell. James, do you know the name of the, the football strength coach off the top your head?
2: Football strength coach. Um, hang on. I'm trying to think. Uh, his name is coming to me. Uh, I, uh, I can't remember. Um, there was Daryl Bauer, I think was it for a while. I don't know if he's still here. Um, that's the last one I remember. Um, I can look it up real quick if you
0: want. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm just hoping that he is as effective as coach Bishop is yeah. for men's basketball. Yeah. So it's still Bauer. Um,
2: okay. But yeah, yeah, I hear you. Bishop's done wonders with the, team um the basketball team so you know if with the with the guys they're bringing in if he can you know get them uh to where they need to be physically i mean we could see a lot in football you know and and will james i'm i'm
0: may shock the world and let y'all know that with a man Derek right there these skills, h-town i might be making an investment in football tickets i might put mm-hmm. down a deposit who knows i might do that, that doesn't mean i'm going to go to a lot of the games But I might just support my alma mater football-wise. You know, I have been known to uh, contribute something to the alums in basketball, so I might do that. I had football season tickets a a few years ago, so I might do that because you know the investment part of it will is because of the move to the Big Twelve. I want to get my foot in the door for that. (laughs) Absolutely. So I want to do that. So yeah, I might do that. All right, seven forty. Andy hasn't been able to make it. You know he's working a real job. You know in the real world. So if he's able to join us, he'll do so. If not, we can hold it down. Okay. When I, I'm shifting gears here because I want to get your thoughts on this, and then we're going to talk about UVA men's basketball in Tulsa. Got some tidbits for the next sponsored segment. Did y'all see the news? uh I think yesterday that uh, Diamond Sports Group from the subsidiary for Sinclair announced it signed a deal with the NBA to give its Valley Sports Networks the rights to stream content, including live games on its soon yet-to-be-announced direct-to-consumer consumer service in those 16 markets. Did y'all see that?
3: I did not. I did not,
1: no, because Cleveland is a Valley's market.
0: Yes, sir. And who was not a Valley Sports Market? Houston is not. So the 16 home markets under Valley Sports, Atlanta Hawks, uh, Southeast, Valley Sports Southeast, the Hornets also Southeast, Willis Cavaliers, Valley Sports Ohio, Dallas Mavericks, Valley Sports Southwest, the Pistons, Valley Sports Detroit, the Pacers, Valley Sports Indiana, Clippers, Valley Sports SoCal, Memphis Grizzlies, Valley Sports Southeast, Miami Heat, Valley Sports Florida, The Bucks, Valley Sports Wisconsin, Timberwolves, Valley Sports North, Pelicans, Valley Sports New Orleans, The Thunder, Valley Sports Oklahoma, Orlando Magic, Valley Sports Florida, The Suns, Valley Sports Arizona, and the San Antonio Spurs, Valley Sports Southwest. So I think the plan is to announce the streaming service, streaming platform, oh, the spring of this year. Uh I guess probably if they w- could get it done, ideally in time for the playoffs, for the teams who haven't made the playoffs. But the price point, and get your thoughts on this, and everybody tuning in as well. I'm hearing, I've read, it's, I think around 20 bucks a month. Do you, do you think, would you pay that? As, cause I'm, I still haven't read and understood how this would impact, if at all, uh, league pass, NBA league pass. Cause you know, they do have a, uh, watch your favorite team option on league pass for $99, I think, something like that. But do you think, Will, would it be successful? For Cavs fans in Ohio, the Ohio, Ohio area, would they spend twenty bucks a month to watch their Cavs and be able to stream the games? How? Well, yeah, how's the difference? I think some Valley sports you can do that right now, right? Can't you?
3: Yep. Yep. You can. So,
0: so go ahead. Because I'm curious about what's different.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. That, that was going to be the question. I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm like, what's changing from what they're doing now? So. Yeah, cause that's, I mean, when I, when I'm not, like tonight, we'll play San Antonio, the game gets started. When we get off of here, I'll be streaming on Valley Sports. So why pay $20 a month to do what you've already, what you're already doing? I, I don't,
0: I don't so know. I, so I guess the two possible scenarios is for the cities, cause there are, I think I, I know there's, I think one city, like Denver, for example, don't, they don't have a satellite cable platform to watch the Nuggets. As a, you know, whatever. So maybe cities like that will be a way for teams to watch their local team, you know, stream a game that way. Perhaps that's that's one scenario. And then it got to get, I really want about the out of market fans. Because if I'm a fan of, of the Cavs, and I live in Houston, do I need to, can I watch the Cavs on the Valley Sports app? And pay yep. 20 bucks a month? If I can't do that right now? You could do it right now. In Houston. Yes. Okay, then if that's that, what it, I'm saying
1: that's what I'm saying. So that's why I don't understand it. So, I don't so understand
0: yeah, it. so then why why do this then? I don't see the point. Because I I know in like certain apps and certain you gotta put in your zip code and they make they restrict it to certain areas based on where you're from. So if that's not the case then what what is the point of this? Because because you know they're trying to um Avoid or, or compensate for the cord cutting, the cord cutters. Okay, so how is this going to help? And then what about league pass? So I'll, I'm kind of curious about all that, James. What What are your thoughts? And do you know something that we don't know?
2: No, I don't really. I mean, this was the first I heard of it, and that was sort of my same question. Like, I'd understand, like. I know for like the Astros, they're on uh, AT&T Sportsnet and like that app, um, if you're like outside of Texas, you can't watch, like it uses your location. So that would make sense to me, like if they did something, but what Will's saying with, you know, I could stream the Cavs game on Valley Sports Ohio from Houston, then the the money aspect doesn't make um all But oh, that, that could be a, it just in the comments, someone said maybe it, it's 20 bucks for all the valley channels that that could make sense. If some of them are restricted, yeah. that could be a possibility. And I could see pe- there being a market for that thing. Cause then you got, you said like 15, 16 team, then you yeah. got, you know, options. Um, especially if some of them are limited, but if most of them are like the Cavs where, you know, just use valley sports Ohio or whatever, and I can watch from wherever, then I mean, I'm not going to pay 20 bucks. Oh. I can-
0: so yeah. Uh, that's a great comment. Maybe it is 20 bucks for all the, the ballet channels, which then gets me back to my, one of my initial questions. Then what about NBA league pass? Yeah. Okay. Because you could watch that on, on the apps now. And so how's it going to impact league pass? Because the NBA wants this money. Sinclair diamond sports group wants their money. So I'm kind of curious to see, see how this is all going to play out. Um, but it's just kind of interesting. It was announced yesterday afternoon, evening about that and that, um, diamond sports group because one of the reasonals, because it's like 21 regional networks because it, you know, who was it? Valley had to buy it. Sinclair had to buy it from who was it? Will before this direct TV Fox. or whatever it was Fox, whatever. And then because of concerns about competition, they had to sell them off. And they got, they thought they got a great deal on the price for the regional sports networks or whatever, two point nine billion after initial thoughts. What five years ago, it's like twenty two billion or you know there's some ridiculous amount that is not was actual sale price. But now because of all the cord cutting, they lose money. So I'm kind of curious to see how this will all work if they're able to make money. Um, Going forward and how this going to impact me because if I don't watch the Pistons going forward and Kate Cunningham and when they start getting good again, I will not know how it's going to impact my wallet. So I gotta, if it's League Pass or if it's Valley Sports Detroit, whatever, I need to find that out because honestly, other than the Rockets and the Pistons, I don't watch too much. I'm not going to pay additional. i just watch it on TNT and ESPN and keep it moving. But uh, okay. Thank you for that input, Derek. Thank you for, for that. Uh, All right, guys, you going to take another break because, well, let's play this. Well, let's see. I want to do it. Um, I want to play the clip from Kelvin Sampson, but I also want to talk about the Houston Cougars matchup Saturday evening versus Tulsa on the road. So let me, because there's some tidbits in there I want to say that will kind of help lead into what Coach Sampson says in this clip. So take a break. We're going to do another segment sponsored by Steve Saxenian and the Saxenian family. And we're looking for more sponsors because we would like to be able to have our own app on Roku. So you can watch and stream our shows of folks talking sports. We're in discussions with someone to have our shows on that app. But we would like to have a sponsor help us cover those costs for the year going forward. Because we do believe that we're doing good work. And we want to expand what we do and reach more people. So let me pull it up. Here we go, guys. See if I can do better this time as it goes solo. Okay, this segment is sponsored by Steve Saxenian and the Saxenian family. The 14-2 and overall and 3-0 and in the American Athletic Conference Houston Cougars men's hoops team heads to Tulsa, Oklahoma to play the Tulsa Golden Hurricane Saturday evening at 7 p.m. on ESPN2, with Mike Corey and Robbie Hummel calling the game. With the Cougs win versus Wichita State last Saturday, uh, graduate forward Fabian White competed in his 103rd win of his U of H career, moving into a tie with Galen Robinson for the, uh, for second place in school history. Michael Young is in first place with 109 wins at U of H. Graduate guard Tazi Moore needs only 15 points to reach 1000 in his college career. He uh, scored 882 points when he was with Cal State Bakersfield and has scored 103 points in 14 games thus far with the Cougs. With Monday's AP release, the Cougs were ranked in the AP poll for the 36th consecutive week, which sets a school record. Tulsa enters Saturday's game with a 6-8 overall record and and 0-3 in the American Athletic Conference. The Golden Hurricane are tied for ninth in the latest league standings. Tulsa has posted a five and four record in home games. Their most recent game, they lost 69-64 to Temple Wednesday night this week. Against Temple graduate forward Jariah Horn led Tulsa with 15 points and seven boards. Freshman guard Anthony Pritchard paced the team with three assists. Daryl Horn leads the team with 16 points, 16.7 points and 7.5 rebounds per game. Sophomore guard Sam Griffin, who Coach Sampson uh, believes is a key for Tulsa to win, is a close second with 16.3 points per game. Um, Anthony Pritchard paces Tulsa with 3.1 assists per game. The Armed Forces Network will distribute the game. AFN broadcast to approximately 500,000 active duty uniformed armed forces personnel from all service branches stationed around the globe at U.S. military installations, U.S. embassies and consulates in 170 plus territories and sailors aboard 140 plus ships at sea operating outside of U.S. waters. Tidbit here. Houston and Tulsa have each one 29 of the 58 matchups in the series that dates back to 1951. The teams have met at least once every season since 2005-2006, except for the 2013-2014 season. And the teams are tied 13-13 in that stretch. Tulsa holds a 17-9 advantage as a home team and have won nine of the 12 games played in the Donald W. Reynolds Center. This segment was sponsored by Steve Saxenian and the Saxenian family. All right, let's get back at it, talk about it. James, Tulsa's 0-3 playing at home in conference. Cougs 3-0 on the road, not quite healthy. Do you think Tulsa has a chance to win the game?
2: I mean, I think every game for, in conference uh, for the remainder of the season, whoever is opposing Houston, they have a chance just because we don't know where the scoring is going to come from. While Houston is the better team, and sh- even with Tremont Mark and Marcus Sasser out, should be the better team in a lot of these conference matchups, we just don't know what's going to happen. Um We know they'll play defense. We'll know we – know you know, they'll rebound. But other than that, I mean, there could be a night where ju- the shots aren't falling. They I mean, you're without 30 points a game, basically with Sasser and Mark, um, Fabian white, Josh Carlton have stepped up, um, increased scoring stuff, but you know, what if they're doubling Josh Carlton all night and you're relying on Ramon Walker, or Jamal shed to hit some shots. Um, and those aren't falling. You just never know. Um, but I think Houston will win this game, but, um, I mean, I'm prepared for anything.
0: Okay. And we'll. I want you to hear this, and I hope it's loud enough. I'm going to play a clip, a segment of Coach Kelvin Sampson's media session from January 13th, and he's talking about Tulsa. And some of his thoughts are, you know, teams as U of H is now the top team in the conference. A team like Tulsa, they may be struggling right now. They get up for U of H. So beating you know, up. U of H will make their season. So your comments and guys, I'm being nice to all of us. It's about a five minute clip. So Coach Sampson goes in because you know, Coach Sampson likes to talk. He's very good at it. So he talks about Tulsa. So here we go. Uh, clip from Coach Kelvin Sampson.
3: A little bit up and down. Um, I know they've had some serious COVID issues and that's not easy. I remember we went to the, uh, to Tulsa last year, we were coming out of COVID. Uh, we had no idea who was on the plane that day. And John was saying, I don't think he can play. I don't think he can play. I don't think he can play. Um, so I know what that, that's like. Um, I, I'm not sure that Frank and his team even had to uh, practice this week. Um, I think one of my guys this morning when we had a meeting, we we're going over to Tulsa, said they might have practiced, um, Tuesday and then played Wednesday. Um, as you know, that's, unfortunately, that's what we're all having to deal with, with, um uh, the COVID issue. You know, we lost Tajay for 10 days, uh, to COVID. And God only knows where we'd be if he hadn't come back. Um, but, uh, Horn, made an unbelievable decision to come back to, um from Colorado back to Tulsa. He's having an off-conference type year. The Griffin kid is very intriguing. Uh, he's put up, he's put up some great numbers in games, uh, this year. Um, uh, he's got a freshman point guard that's really solid. Um, and then, you know, it, uh, the guys always played well against us is, uh, it, it, I think he had another kid named Ibanu a few years ago that was dynamite. He always played good against us. And Dabu had his best game last night. Um But, you know, you can't look at a team. Um, and guys that played to understand this. I'm not sure a lot of people do. You can't look at a team, how they play against somebody, this team, and project how they're going to play against you. The Tulsa team we saw last night against Temple—that's not the team we're going to see. You know, they're—they're <laughs> they're going to play their best game of the year. You know, that's—that's that's the uh, uh the cross we bear. You know, uh, uh, you know, programs that have the same success, teams measure themselves against them. You know, we did it when we got here. You know, we measured ourselves against Cincinnati. Against Connecticut, uh, Larry Brown with SS, SMU. We wanted to beat those teams because those were the best teams. We were trying to get to where they were. So when we played team A, B, and C, we may be at this position, but all of a sudden Cincinnati comes to town, shoot. Uh, I remember beating Cincinnati our second year, and if you'd watched this earlier in the year, you would have never seen that. But you know, guys get up to play the best teams, man. Um, um look at look at all the best programs in whatever league uh so we know you know look at south florida the first half against us i mean they came out smoking i mean they look like they look like they were on a uh amtrak and we were driving a 63 bolsa wagon i mean that thing was just they were zipping and running by us like i remember um i didn't call time out i just took the slowest guy out i said who's our slowest guy well that was the debate because we had a bunch of them so i said uh, jamal why don't you come over and sit down and see if you can't go in the game play a little bit harder son um so i think i put ramon in and i would never seen kyler play point guard <laughs> you know that's the first time i, I said he's pretty good <laughs> You know, I never, I didn't know he could play point guard. I know he played at Texas Tech, but they run motion. They don't run pick and rolls. We run pick and rolls. So he was pretty good at that. But, um, uh, Tulsa, Tulsa has a good five in Nagawu. They've got a really good play in Horn, solid point guard in Pritchard. Uh, I mean think the, the, uh, uh, the guy that's a big factor for them is Griffin. They need Griffin to play good. Like he had 20, I think he had 25 against Memphis at Memphis and they played three, but they played great against Memphis, you know, and they're going to play great against us. You know, we're preparing for a hard, tough game. Um, and it's a road game that in itself, um, uh, makes it difficult, uh, more difficult. But the, uh, at the same time, Tulsa's got a good coach, they've got a good system. You know, we've lost two straight games there, both at the buzzer. Uh and uh, they played good. You know, you know. A lot of coaches bemoaned the fact that, you know, we played poorly. Hey, they beat us. Tulsa Tulsa outplayed us. That's why we lost. That happens. So um I congratulated Frank after the game and we moved on to the next one. And um we just got t- playing Wichita State, and that's what we're gonna do. We just move on to the next one that just happens to be tossed on the road, you know, gives our, gives our kids a chance. I think the biggest benefit of this week for us is I don't know how much better we got this week. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I don't see the five on five. You can't see whether we're getting better. I, that's the most frustrating thing. Uh, but I do know we're healthier and, and that's, um, as my assistants keep telling me, that's, that's what's most important right now for us is we're not getting better in practice but we are getting healthier because we 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 can't play 5 on 5 live
0: and and there we go i mean they're banged up still maybe white hasn't practiced because of his what is james brain left ankle
2: yeah i think it's his left ankle
0: uh kyler edwards isn't practicing because of his Spring right ankle, I think. So they're not it. you know, they can't go five on five in practice. Um, just, you know, maybe four on four if they're lucky. So Will, based on what you heard, based on it being a road game for U of H, Tulsa being 0 on three, come, you know, what are your thoughts? It's at home. Tulsa going to be hyped up to play U of H top. What are they? James ranked 11th in the country in the polls. Mm-hmm, yeah. What do you think, Will? Is it a
1: trap? Um, I think Kelvin Sampson went to the Lou Holtz School of Coaching Press Conferences because he gave so much credit to Tulsa and then said, well, they have this week. Well, yeah, they practice Tuesday and play played Wednesday. And that's not the team we're going to see on Saturday. Man,
3: they're going to
1: the brakes off the of Tulsa. Stop it.
3: Stop oh. it. <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know. You make sense. I mean, and Coach, he's great at what he does, T- talking to the media, okay? There's just something about tomorrow. I will I, to say that. I don't show sure your confidence. That you is gonna win first and definitely not beat Tulsa by a lot. Uh injuries part of it, all you know. I one thing is Tulsa's gonna win at some point. They're gonna be somebody at some point, you know. And maybe it's tomorrow. U of Hates is of the better team, as James had stated and, and will. I mean, all of us. I agree with they're the better team despite only having nine guys, you know, a core, not kind of the freshman players, and walk on uh Ryan Elvin. I don't know, Will, is this something? I'll, I'll, I'll say this, just sum it up. I am not guaranteeing it. <laughs> I'll just put right. it like that. I'm not going to guarantee it. Um ESPN 2, 7 o'clock Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Tune in because... UV, this team as is, because of the injuries, they're not gonna go, what is it, James? Sixteen and two in, in conference play. I still think I'm leaning more toward twelve and six, between twelve and six and fourteen and four kind of stuff. Which means at some point they're gonna lose. So I'll say U of H is gonna win. And let's leave it at that. I don't know if they're going to cover. I don't know what the line is or anything like that. But will yes sir. at three and and0 UVA is the last undefeated team in conference in, in America.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's it. Tulane's four and one, SMU three and one, and I think what is the James like? Five other teams have at least two losses. And then what? Uh, Tulsa, Wichita State. And South Florida have three losses. So that's where we are. I mean, let's try to get Andy in here. He's pulling up with audio. I want to get his comments on that and then we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to try to get closer to between 60 minutes and 75 minutes for our Book talking Sports shows going forward. Guys, while I was uploading, and that's for everybody tuning in as well. We're going, we're going to do, um, the show. the audio of the shows is now available on Spotify and iHeartRadio. One of our shows around when Texas and Oklahoma gave the finger to the Big 12 and we had Joseph Duarte and Sam Kahn on, that show was two and a half hours. Yeah. Two and a half hours. But we, well, we were rolling though, man. It was a great two and a half hours, but it was two and a half hours. We're not doing that. So let's bring in Andy real quick. Andy.
4: Hey y'all, uh, how y'all doing? Sorry. No problem. Um, just real quick. Yeah. What
0: are your thoughts uh, on tomorrow's game? Houston, Tulsa.
4: Houston, Tulsa. Um, did, is, last time I checked the update on Fabian White was they, they were going to check how he did after practice, right? Or the practice, they are going to get to see how his ankle was doing.
0: That's not a surprise because, I mean, he hadn't practiced. He As of Thursday, he had not practiced yet this week. So that's not a surprise. I haven't heard anything yeah, about a bit today about his ankle.
4: Yeah. Does that matter? I mean, man, that's just another injury. Oh. <laughs> uh, at some point, if they keep losing bodies, it's going to catch up to them, but I guess with the the state of the American, rest of the American Athletic Conference, you can make the argument that they should still win. Con- well, it's going to be at Tulsa. You know what? I'm going to say, if they don't have Fabian White, I think the injury bug's finally going to catch up to them. So I think that's going to be big. I think if Fabian White wins, Houston should be comfortably favored to win. I'd say probably about. It was ten or so points. If Fabian White doesn't play, I think they're gonna really struggle, especially since Josh Carlton can't I guess he could play all forty minutes, but that's that's at some point that's gonna catch up to them. So I think Fabian White and his status are gonna be key.
2: James? I mean I, I I mean obviously like Andy said with Fabian White, that's a big thing. Um the big thing the other thing that worries me about Houston, you know, moving forward, I talked about, you know, not knowing where you're going to get your shots from, um, points from each game, but foul trouble, just, you know, one, you have four guards, basically, and then Ryan Elvin, the walk-on, who could step in if they need him, but, I mean, um, two or three, two of those guys get in foul trouble, if you're in trouble. If Fabian White's out, and then Josh Carlton gets in foul trouble early. I mean, you got Reggie Chaney and Jawan Roberts coming off the bench, but still, I mean, there's there's a lot of you're playing with a really uh, thin margin for error, um, just because you don't have anyone else that can come in.
4: Yeah, and real quickly to add to James' point, you got Jawan Roberts and Reggie Chaney, but them those two individually have been dealing with their own problems. I know. Kelvin Sanders said that Reggie Cheney can barely start using both of his hands to catch the ball, and J. Juan Roberts has had a couple of, I think he said it was knee. I can't remember it was either knee or ankle issues, but I don't know. Roberts has been dealing with issues as well, so it's it's really an all-around team thing where I mean, even Kyler Edwards, he's still dealing with his ankle and sprain that he suffered a while back. So it's just up and down the roster. Yeah, It's absurd.
0: It's, a, it's a mass unit, no question. And if Fabian cannot play versus Tulsa, in all honesty, Tulsa probably should win. Uh, Fabian's gonna try to play, I'm sure, if he, if he can. <clears throat> but we'll see. And it could be because they play, Houston has, uh, Tulsa, Saturday, South Florida, Tuesday, and then somebody, Right now, this is no shade on these opponents. This is the soft part, the softest part of the conference schedule for U of H. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they get try to get these wins, put them in the bank, and then on paper, the schedule gets tougher as conference play goes through February and March. But as I said, Memphis isn't <laughs> isn't playing great. Yeah. UCF isn't playing great. I mean, surprise team in the conference. It's two Tulane at 4-1. and one. So we'll see. Guys, as of the East pre bracketology today, Houston's in, and UCF is one of the last four in. That's it. So it's just two teams on the men's side from the American in the tournament as of today. And I think that's pretty consistent everywhere in the bracketology that I've seen. So we're going to wrap it up there. Andy, thank you, man, for, for, for chiming in. Oh, and also U of H women play at Temple tomorrow morning. I think, what is that? 11 o'clock in the morning? It's a game uh, that U of H has to win because Temple's, their, uh, their net ranking is like 139. U of H cannot afford bad losses, but as we've all said before, U of H I mean, has to win the conference tournament, really. They were close to beating UCF on the road this week had a great comeback in the fourth quarter, and then they were, they made six of the first seven threes. Will in the fourth quarter, and then missed wow. the last five They lost by three. Wow. So,
2: but they I mean, got to win the
0: conference championship. Yeah, I mean, they they caught they had like
2: five shots on the last yeah. twenty the last seconds of the game. They kept rebounding. Seconds,
0: had a chance, had a chance, and, and just kept missing threes. So they lost by three after going up. By three, fifty-seven, fifty-four, and lost sixty-two, fifty-nine. So it's tough loss for Coach Huey and the women's team. So we'll see how it all plays out tomorrow. Uh, we'll get together. Thanks once again to. Let me pull it up. If you're new to us, be sure you follow us on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports. The show is streaming on Twitter at, at that account, Folks Talk Sports. It's also streaming on the Houston Round Bar View YouTube channel. Uh, thanks once again to Steve Saxenian and the Saxenian family. But we're also looking for additional sponsors because you want to add, expand our reach and get on Roku. Get on, on, um, the Roku TV app so you can watch us there as well. Uh, go around the, the, the screen. James, you first. How can folks
2: find you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at JDM two one eight six um for all UH updates and everything, and then all my work for the Cougar is at thedailycougar.com. Will, how can folks find you? You can find me at Will Gibson7
1: on Twitter, Instagram, and Will Knowles on Facebook.
0: And Andy, how can folks find you?
4: Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter at Aon is underscore five. Um I I do a little bit of everything from our Podstime and Jam a podcast that on and I do, covering your age athletics, also covering local, government news, in Fairland and Friendswood for Community Impact Newspaper. Be sure to check it out. Day, at at Ayanus underscore Twitter, at Ayanus underscore 5 on Twitter.
0: And I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Twitter is T-H-E-H-R Review. Let uh, Andy and James know I sent it to you uh, Will. Today the NCA opened the uh, credential portal media to apply for final four credentials so i've already done that um looking forward to that i had a meeting this morning with members of the harris county houston sports authority uh, regarding the 2023 men's final four because it will be in h town uh, that was a good conversation; it was positive um, so look, looking forward to working with them as uh, this year progresses and of course well wouldn't it be something if the u of H men's team could play in the final four in H-Town next year. That would be something, be a sight to behold. So we'll see if that happens, but deal with this season first. U of H men at Tulsa, 7pm, Saturday on ESPN2. Uh, Mike Corey and Robbie Hummel. Purdue, right Will? Yep. Mike Corey, Robbie Hummel calling call action on ESPN2. U of H at Tulsa. Tune in to watch that. Everyone, thank you very much for watching us on our platforms. Facebook. YouTube and Twitter at Folk Talk Sports. See you next
3: week. Uh, Take care. Bye y'all.